What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Following midnight thefts from cars in Keswick, Brampton has received millions in new transit funding, and York Region can't find the hacker responsible for changing one of its electronic road signs. Flurries for Christmas, Pearson minus 2, North minus 3. This update is brought to you by Frank Atollo on 148.ca. Frank on 2018, his very accurate prediction at 148.ca slash Frank. I'm Philip Pong from SRR National News. Merry Christmas. Now here's the holiday edition with Mike and Ray of North American Harness Update on 20th anniversary SRN1. The starter has called the field to the gate. Holiday. This field is in motion and approaching the start. The season finale. And they're off. And it's a battle into the first turn for control. The battle continues by the half and approaching the far turn. Stride for stride past the three-quarter pole and approaching the top of the stretch. And as they hit the top of the stretch, it's mission brief. Foiled again, Muscle Hill, Captain Treacherous and Vegas Vacation. Lucky Jim, a rock and roll dance, be a magician. Sebastian K approaches the line. Guccio is coming late, and as they hit the wire, it's too close to call. Now here's North American Harness Update on SRN1. Yes, yes. Yes, it's that time of year. You may be saying it's that time of year. We're saying it's a totally different time of year. Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition. Hold on. There we go. Welcome to a very special edition of North American Harness Update, part one of a two-part season finale. Uh, I am your host, Ray Catolo, joined uh, both... In audio and on video, and on video with audio, with my two co-hosts, uh, Mike Prebozzi and Rod Alms Jr. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? We could be doing better. Oh. Uh, Rod, you you got you want to say a full sentence this time? Amazing. Amazing. Okay, that's. Rod, you are amazing. That's... Why am I echoing? Picked off here at Woodbine. This. Uh, that that's technically that's technically a sense, all right. Okay, uh, things We're having audio difficulties. What a shock! I'm I mean I I'm not getting any kind of feedback whatsoever. On my end, everything. Can't hear anyone. Oh, all right. That's okay. That's your end then. Uh, as for me, which I'm talking currently, I'm currently doing the talking that I do, uh, and it should be heard by uh, many people around the world currently, and those within the world, on the world even, uh, and on certain parts of the world, uh, and not other parts, because some, some parts just cannot receive what, what's happening 
uh, tonight. So as I said, tonight on the show is a is the first part. Uh, by the way, can I, do I still have you, Rod? You still on? I have you. Yes. Okay, we have you. Yes. Mike cannot hear us for some reason. Um, he's I got you now. I think. Oh, okay. So Mike. Mike's here, Rod's here. As I said, this is part one of a two-part season finale. Traditionally, on North American Harness Update, uh, we, we try, at least I try, uh, to provide a bit of uh, spice for our season-end shows because it's, it's always a long year that leads up to this point, and there's al- there always feels like there needs to be some kind of payoff as we get ready for, believe it or not, next year is our fifth season, our fifth full season here on SRN1. We started... Our first full season back in 2014. We had an abridged season in 2013 when we shifted off to Blog Talk Radio. So this will be our fifth year on the internet. Wow, that's that's incredible. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that. No, not really, because I ain't been on for five years. Yeah. What well, I've been here for like almost what year and a half, two years. Yeah, that's nobody cares. That that's fantastic. I mean, I I kind of care because uh, th- this show. Wow, that's <laughs> real real subtle, Mike. Uh, uh, th- this show is it, it's it's defined me to a certain extent uh, for the last five years. The fact that you know we we've we've been able to take our personalities on the road. We were over at Hoosier Park. Next month, we're going to be at the Meadows in Pittsburgh, January nineteenth. Uh, for their Night of Champions card, that post time's at 5.30 p.m. Uh, we're going to be making other trips next year, too, to other racetracks to bring this show on the road. It's, just, it's, it's remarkable just the kind of franchise that this has become, and at the same time, the kind of person that I've become doing this show. As I get a little introspective before we get rolling into the series of races, but um, I, I guess... I guess what I'm trying to say is that I I almost feel like this show has has changed me. I almost feel like this show has made me act in a way that I, I never really thought that I would. And I, I feel like now is the best time to, I, I guess, not only come to that realization, but try and make a change for the better and try to change for the better. Uh, and, and so with that... Uh, <coughs> You good? I I am uh, finally, I f- I feel comfortable enough to uh, announce that I am a foreigner. Uh, I am n- I am not American. I am not English. Well, I am somewhat English. Uh, but I I you have a terrible English accent. I, first I, off, I don't I don't. It's not an accent. This is Second, this is who. Actually, you're not, you're not European. Rod, Rod, I don't, I don't understand. What, you, you can't define who I am. Only I can define that. This is who I am. And yeah, your defining is terrible. <laughs> a, new, a new way to define yourself. Rod seems a little crabby tonight. He's like, he's picking on everybody. Well, you know, I, I felt that I could, it, it, I felt that this would be a safe enough space to be able to come out as the kind of person that I am on this show. And I know when I say that, you're instantly thinking of a whole other kind of coming out, and I'm yeah. offended. Yeah. I'm, if you're going to come out, then you might as well do it. I'm, I'm frankly offended that you think it, it's under, I don't know, no, I know, why am I even offended? What if I was? Like, it doesn't even matter. The point that I'm trying to make here is that 
for the last five years I've been portraying myself to be an American, when in reality that's just not the person that I was. And so I feel that tonight, as we get ready to roll into our fifth season of the show, in uh, the part one of this two-part of season finale, that I can be who it is that I am, and that I've been hiding this entire time. And I, Why did you accentuate the H in who? What, what, what are you talking about? What? I, I, I'm just, I'm talking the way that I've, I've grown up talking. And I, I, no. I don't, I don't, no, I, you're not. what do you mean? We have to get to a pick four. Let's go. Exactly. You're not letting me get to that point. You're too busy trying to criticize who it is that I'm trying to you're be. I'm trying to be myself. <laughs> you are not the one to judge that tonight on the show. We have pick fours. We got pick, we got a pick four from Western fair, uh, the raceway at Western fair or the Raceway at London Western Fair District. It's one of the two. Uh, as well, that's going to be happening live on the show. Along with that, we also have uh, the late pick four from the Meadowlands for Saturday, as well as the Jackpot High Five for Saturday at Woodbine Racetrack with a carryover of over $200,000, uh, which means the pool could reach upwards of $1 million Canadian. Well, mandatory payout, that's why. It's mandatory because it's a mandatory payout. It wouldn't reach that in any other circumstance because, quite frankly, no one really wants to play it unless they somehow feel that they can take down the pool, which, mathematically speaking, it just does not happen. So, let's get rolling into uh, the London pick four that starts with race number seven. Mike, you have the feed up right now. Currently, uh, how how many minutes to post do we have? It's... Uh... I think it's about five. Five minutes? All right, so let's roll through this as quickly as possible. The graphics have been up on uh, Twitter and Facebook since the show went on the air. They usually go up around 9 p.m. And starting with race number seven, race number seven, as we pull up our microphone and look up over at the past performances, uh, we see here that Mike, uh, you can read this off for us because my past performances did not load. Uh, I do know it's a seven-horse field, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, seven horse field. Series. Alliance series, eighty five hundred claimers. Eighty five hundred claim Alliance series. That's perfect. Yes. Perfect. Uh, so I'm going to start it off with you, Mike. You're three deep, uh, taking three horses, as I just said. So talk about that. Three deep to start. One wins on Hugo gets the rail. Uh, just comes off a a slower race at Flamborough, where it went wire to wire at uh, thirteen to one. Comes here. I like the post. I like the fact that the horse woke up last time. I feel like can get the front again, and the front end's been a pretty good place to be tonight. Uh, the six, Elmo Rock Bottom, was one to nine last time and broke stride uh, in a very similar spot. Prior to that, one, an 8,500 claim with Flamborough by eight. I'm going to give the horse another chance. Uh, and then the seven, uh, Coco Joe. This horse won that aforementioned, or one of the uh, 8,500 races last time. And a horse raced well, got, got a decent trip, but uh, shook loose late and ended up winning at close to nine to one. Uh, I just, I prefer this one to some of the others in the race who, you know, have a little bit camera shy. So one, six, seven to start. Uh, now, Rod, what's interesting with your sequence is that for the first three legs, you're you're concentrated to the inside horses. And for this one, you concentrated to the inside three. How, how come? Uh, I just think the, the, the inside three are going to get away toward the front and it's going to line up and should finish that way. Uh, you know, the two last week was involved with the three in the three-way photo with the wire 
ended up on the losing end of it. But, uh, you know, moves inside this week, complete post shift. And uh, I think he's going to work out a, a good trip, either on the front or the two hole. Uh, the three, you know, that that one, I can't separate these two horses just because they were in the same photo last. So, you know, it it's all going to depend on the trip between these two. Um, last week, this horse, the three got the jump on the two. And, you know, uh, that's the only reason he beat him. But uh, the one I'm, I'm only using the one because this is, this was a driver's choice. Um, he has won at London before and, you know, draws a wood. So uh, if he's going to the front, then, you know, he's got a big shot. One, two, three. We got to be a bit quicker about this. As for me, I'm two seven. I'm surprised the two is not taking as much play as I'd expect. He's currently eight to one on the tote. Uh, the five is the favorite, actually, for some reason, and I, I guess that's just because of the speed that she showed in recent starts. Uh, the two should probably be forwardly placed, though, with the post improvement. And the seven, Coca Joe, uh, also left the gate well from an outside post, draws outside again, so I'm assuming that she'll, or she'll, yes, yeah, she'll uh, be able to be put into a similar spot up towards the front. I am two seven in the first leg. Second leg of the sequence is race number eight. It's a, a condition claimer, technically $7,000 event. Uh, sending it off to you, Mike, you're three deep. Three deep, the inside to Pacific Oak, who is a closer, uh, always seems to race well, has 14 uh, in-the-money finishes this year, uh, was second last time. I feel like can be a little closer early and, you know, will likely uh, be coming late. The two shipping out, uh, this horse drops from knowledge to 3,000 last three into the seven claimer. Uh, needs a drop, I would think would be favored from this spot, especially from this uh, this post for Putty, who seems to win with these kind of horses. And then the eight, overthinking it. Another one dropping. I uh, was claimed for 7,002 back, then caught the eight hole at London last time uh, in a 15 claimer. Drops back to seven here and gets a second tier draw again, one, two, eight. Well, Roald, as I uh, mentioned earlier, again, you are centered by the inside horses. This time you take the one and the two. Yeah. I'm one, two here. Um, the one kind of, you know, a little bit of a sentimental thing. Uh, this horse has one, maybe two starts left. This could be his last start if he doesn't get in next week. Uh, 14 year old, perfect spot for him. Uh, I think this is his chance to win going out in style. Uh, the two big drop. Uh, sometimes that's a negative thing. We'll see. Um, the only problem, though, he drew into a pretty competitive race, so uh, he he should gain some confidence, especially with the inside draw, and, you know, that, to me, it should be a, a big uh, spot. He can hold his speed a little bit better in this type of race, so one, two. I'm kind of hesitant about the two just because he's making a big drop in class into the claimers. However, uh, draws inside, so he should be placed well. I'm also interested in the four dialer win who's been uh, going first over in a lot of his starts. Uh, definitely getting into the mix, showing that he's kind of live and maybe could even be live enough to win tonight. And then finally, the eight overthinking it. You pretty much, uh, or no, it was Mike that pretty much mentioned that. Uh, Matt, that one drops back down to the 7,000 level. Uh, two back was claimed. And then tried to go first over most recently and just couldn't. But now a second tier and could possibly be in a good spot. Two four eight for me. Uh, third leg, I'm just going to say I am 1-3 uh, for mostly post and trip reasons on those two. They're going to be decent prices as well. Uh, Mike, you are 1-2-3. One, 1-2-3. Two, three. One, two, three. The, uh, the one gets the inside draw. 
raced okay last time. The two was claimed last time out of a similar spot and had a rough trip. And then the three, Weski, who's 14, just missed last time and has 59 lifetime wins. All right, Mike, or not Mike, Rod. Uh, I'm one, two, three. Uh, two's my top choice here. Uh, debuts for a new barn and I, I think she's going to change back into good form here. Uh, the one, you know, that was a good start off the layoff. Should be tighter. Uh, draws perfect. So, I mean, no reason not to use this horse. And then the three has been right there with, in his last three starts, uh, you know, he's got some gate speed, so he uh, definitely has a chance if he makes the front. The uh, final leg of the sequence is race number 10. It's a Philly Man Condition claiming event. I'm three deep with the four, five, and seven. The seven's the obvious one. Rod, it singled her for that reason. Uh, the five is also going to be a short price. And then uh, the four, Crazy Rich, uh, should possibly be a decent price play if he can get put into the mix. His last two starts, though, he's been chasing horses in faster miles. Could possibly improve. Mike, uh, you are three deep. Two, five, and seven for me. The seven's very obvious. The five, though, has a very good chance. Third off the layoff. Just missed last time and won two back. And then the two draws inside, uh, closed for a win, and then went to Flamborough. Didn't race quite as well. I think with that post has a chance. Two, five, seven. Uh, Rod, anything else to add about the seven? Uh, no, not really. I mean, she did exactly what I thought she was going to do last week and just crushed that field. Uh, I just think she's much better. All right, so then my ticket goes as follows. I am the I'm with two seven with two four eight with one three with four five seven again. That's two seven with two four eight with one three with four five seven. That's seven dollars and twenty cents for twenty cents. Mike, what's your ticket? One six seven with one two eight with one two three with two five seven. It's sixteen twenty for twenty cents, and I punched it. Rod. One two three with one two with one two three with seven. Eighteen bucks for a dollar. All right, as they are parading now before the race gets to go. Winson Hugo, I saw had a claim entered at five. They've been claiming quite a bit up there lately. End of the year, they always do. Well, I mean, it's the Alliance Series, too. They want to get a horse in for the final, I'd imagine. Yeah, the final should be, um, what, Monday? Um, uh, No, because Monday's Christmas. Boxing Day. Wouldn't Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday. It would have to be Boxing Day. Uh, still, yeah. the five Cool Creek Valley is the favorite, two to one. Uh, I I did not favor this one at all, just because she seems to be weak speed. She's usually forwardly placed and up towards the front, as well, that's what forwardly placed means. Uh, however, she's always quitting at the end of the mile, so I'm surprised that they're even supporting her, especially from an outside post. Yeah, one for her last thirty-one, two for seventy-five lifetime. Not for me whatsoever. Well, they're getting ready to go. It's post time here. As the one, Winston Hugo is now the favorite at two to one. Second choice, then at five to two is the five, Cool Creek Valley. Third choice at three to one, the six, Elmo Rock Bottom. It's a field of seven lining up here for the first leg of the pick four from the raceway at Western Fair District. This field swings into the stretch. They are approaching the start. And now this field 
is off and pacing with Winsun Hugo to the inside leaving well victory's peanut towards the center and in between horses comes peeling out as they move around that first turn uh, getting away fourth then ties little dream to that opening quarter in front now as they move towards the back stretch Winsun Hugo Winsun Hugo leads peeling out sits in the pocket third then is victory's peanut then it's a gap about three and a half back to ties little dream and fourth fifth comes cool creek valley then it's elmo rock bottom second to last and coca joe trails the field as they move on to that opening quarter in front here's win sun hugo by a length and a quarter peeling out still second 29 and four that opening clip third comes victory's peanut as they move into that far turn first time fourth ties little ben fifth then cool creek valley now beginning to edge to the outside on his back comes elmo rock bottom coca joe still the trailer as they move to the top of the lane first time win sun hugo seven to five leads peeling out into the stretch second third then uh, comes victory's peanut uncovered marching overland cool creek valley up towards second now up to challenge the leader win sun hugo and these two hook up past the half in 101 and three peeling out sits the pocket a tight pocket boxed in by cool creek valley around that turn on second over elmo rock bottom carried into fourth now about three lengths off the lead boxed in fifth that's victory's peanut to the inside down the back straight third over coca joe and trailing the field now shuffled to last uh, comes Ty's little dream to three quarters in front win Sun Hugo three wide Elmo rock bottom circling by cool Creek Valley as she drops out peeling out with room to tip off the pocket as they go by three quarters in 131 and four around the final bend Elmo rock bottom a neck in front of win Sun Hugo and on the outside peeling out ready to tip three high behind them victories peanut ties little dream with about five to make up as they turn into the lane win Sun Hugo battling back but Elmo rock bottom to the outside has the advantage and Elmo Rock Bottom is coasting away as they come on down to the line. Elmo Rock Bottom is going to win it by about a length and a quarter. Peeling out second towards the center of the track. Looked like Ty's little dream up for third in 202. So explain to me how a horse is one to nine last time against the same group of horses. Now, albeit made a mistake, but now a seven to two against the same horses and one like he was one to nine. Well, I, I know I didn't use just because of the amount of breaks that she's made in the last couple of starts. Yeah, but if she stays flat, this is how she's going to win. I mean, I don't, I, don't understand, I don't understand the odds there at all. I just don't. Well, the odds mostly reflect the fact she broke more than nine. I you can be so confident in something like that. That's the problem. I, I, don't, I, I, just, I don't understand how you cannot use that horse it's easy. in you that just, race. You just don't use her. Okay. Well, that, that's why you lose. Last two ah. times the horse is on an off track, made a break. Off track tonight, no problem. Doesn't look like off track to me tonight. Looks fairly good to me tonight. Yeah. Track looked pretty good right now. Track not off. Rated is good. Track just fine. Track is rated as good. Well, yeah, that, that yeah. means it's a good track. Looks good to me. Well, good that, enough for this one that, to win. That's, that's what he's saying, Mike. Uh, he's saying it's a good track. It's not fast. I, I feel it like it's pretty fast. I feel like you get a little semantical yeah, at this it, point, it's, Rod. It's Pat Shepard. It's Pat Shepard. That's why the horse won. That's all you got to know. Pat Shepard, winner. <laughs> why couldn't you say that at first? Why did you have to go to the track, to the degree of the track? You're telling me that track looks off to you, Rod, looking at that track. Come How on. can you tell if that track looks <laughs> off on TV? Uh, very easily. <laughs> I look okay. at the people's shoes well, walking I'm on, it. on race track. Look at the people's I'm shoes driven on walking on it. 
I'm How can you tell the tracks off? Because I have two friggin' eyes connected to nerves that go to my brain. That's how I can tell. Okay. And he knows that too, Rod. He went to medical school. Oh, yeah. Come on. That's, that's how he it. Yeah, well, I've driven on racetracks that have puddles on them, and you can't see them on TV. Rod, give it up. The yeah. track. Okay. Yeah, Rod, you kind of went off for the track, track first. but been off track all night. You went for the track Track's first, and then... It's good. To me, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's dust flying up on the track. Yeah, it's wet. Looks like it. I didn't say it was wet. Mm. I said, you said it's, it's off. off. So what's that mean? <laughs> it's off it because you lost. doesn't mean it's wet. Oh, so what is it then? It's probably sticky as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay. uh, Sugar, if you're listening tonight, uh, if you could mail uh, a dirt sample to Rod's PO box. <laughs> oh no, I don't. Actually, no, no. Better yet, better I'm yet. Better yet, mail it to the Hong Kong laboratories. I'm sure that they'll look it at it for you. Rod uses the, He has to go to the argument. Oh, I've driven on it, so I know more than you. That's just like I played baseball, so nobody else can know anything about baseball because they didn't play. <laughs> Well, no. If you if you ever saw a sticky track in the wintertime, you would know. That's that's one of my favorite Gordon Lightfoot songs. That's one of my favorite Gordon Lightfoot songs. I've only been doing this 25 years. No, I can't read a racetrack whatsoever. I can't tell if it's wet or not. <laughs> my, my my excuse for not God help me. My excuse for not using that horse is just because I didn't like the brakes. I didn't think that she was reliable, but she beat me. That's she beat why me. I didn't use. Listen, yeah. I, I didn't love the horse, but I, I just felt like the horse was overlaid. When you're one to nine from week to week against the same horses, albeit breaks or not, that's a significant difference. When you go from one to nine to three and a half to one against the same horses, that's a huge difference. Well, huge. I, I find that kind of interesting, though, uh, considering uh, how you view betting the board. And I'm just I'm speaking more conceptually than anything, uh, just because well, that could also be a sign. You could read it the other way around, where it's uh, the public is lost confidence in the horse because they, they see the brakes and they think that the horse isn't going to bounce back at all. Cause There's a fine line in that, and I agree with you. All right. I agree with you. There's a fine line, and what you say is correct, and there are times that I feel like a horse is dead or not being played right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. I just don't feel like this was one of those times. Well, And that, that that's why I ask, just because uh, there, there are so many exceptions to every rule in racing, and especially in handicapping, and so sometimes... Instances like this, which could be seen as hypocritical or paradoxical uh, to what you're saying, are actually more just how you actually handicap a race. I don't think it's hypocritical whatsoever. Well, no, because what I'm saying is that you could say this horse was 1-9, to nine, now he's 7-2, to two, this horse is dead, or you could take it the way you did. And just by, virt- by virtue of that uh, principle, you could view it as somewhat hypocritical. But do you remember that race last time when that horse got into a tough spot and mm-hmm. jumped? Yeah. I mean, I, I and that track was off last week. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I didn't mind that break last time as, as much as some others would. I mean, I don't know. I thought this horse would do better outside than in. Yeah. Just just my opinion. Right, and that, that is perfect. It worked for you. That That's what I'm saying. But I, when, when these kind of instances are always interesting to look at, especially for people listening to the show for handicapping, uh, because uh, sometimes you could, you could view that as a uh, double talking. Uh, talking out between both sides of the mouth, if that makes any sense. Yes, but that's not the case right now. I, I understand it's not the case, but I'm playing devil's advocate here. Oh, well, you know, you love when I do that, though. <laughs> hey, Rod, you still here? Did you jump? Did you jump off a bridge? 
Ron? Oh, I got no reason to jump off the pitch <laughs> for the for the uh, nine to five morning line shot. That just no thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm. Why no? If if that hole's won, you should have had a boatload to show. Yeah, because I've had a horse You can, you can, you can uh, <laughs> rationalize being out any way you want to. I really don't care. This is the way it always goes. I'm, I'm not rationalizing anything. Sure you are. You're going to Bob Morning Law. You're telling me that the, the track is not off, which you don't not, know because it actually says good track. It literally off. says that on the TV screen. I don't care what it says. I'm using my own two damn eyes. The, 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 if they're allowing, they tell you if judges you are want, allowing use time, your head. the track is on. Use your head. Use your eyes. Don't I, worry about what they tell you. I feel like this is more semantical than anything. Okay. Well, my head tells me it was above freezing before post time. At post time, it was below freezing, which Break means the, the track is freezing, it's clumpy, and it's sticky. What does your eyes tell That's you, That's what it means. Looking at it with your two eyes. Tell me that. What's that tell you? It just looks like a racetrack. You can't tell anything <laughs> on the TV feed. Mm, okay. Well, can you can you see the horses going over it? Does it look tiring to you? Does it look clumpy and hard to get over? It looks like nobody can pass anybody. That's what it looks that, like. Wait, the six just, just passed. Six. Yeah, he passed a lot of horses. Just came from sixth, and in the last race, this the horse, horse came first. This horse was first at the three-quarter pole. Rod, do you know your head from your ass? I want to know. <laughs> He was first at the three-quarter pole. Well, he had to pass five of them to get there. <laughs> I don't care what – I've explained this before. I don't the know how many times i got to explain race, this. I don't care. The rail and pass the leader to win. I feel like the best conversations okay. uh, when one person talks at a time. That's just my opinion. Why, why do I have to explain that a horse that's fifth at the quarter or sixth at the quarter and is first at the half – He's not closing. He, he is on the lead. The was not. Went he three was wide, first at the three, four three quarters. Quarters. Watch the race. Okay. He he was pretty much within half a length, three quarters. Yes. Now, Rod. Okay. Rod, I'm I'm just curious, just because of how uh, precise he and made specific. up zero okay. lengths in the stretch. He didn't have to. He was already gone. <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just he put two uh, or three on him. I, I, I'm just curious in terms of how specific Rod's getting currently with horses' placements and such. When you're handicapping a race, do you actually envision every horse's position? I'm, I'm, this is not this is not me. This is not any kind of mockery or anything. This is this is purely me asking, uh, because I I never really met someone who handicaps and watches races in that kind of way where they're almost that analytical about every horse's position because it see it doesn't necessarily read to me that way since the horse still had to make up ground to grab the lead you 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 understand where I'm coming from yeah but i use that angle i don't consider it an angle really but i use it as part of my handicap for the of if I can place a horse in a race in a certain spot, where is another horse relative to that horse? So if I'm looking at a horse that might look like he's going to be, you know, even money and he's going to be on the front end, where is this uh, seven to two shot going to be comparatively at the three? Because the odds are that that even money shot is not going to quit unless there's somebody battling him or, you know, 
depending on the circumstance. And you have to go through the race and and see if that's a possibility. So I, I try to position every horse in the race when I'm handicapping. Now and I can do it relatively quickly. I mean, I don't spend a ton of time doing it, but you know, for horses that uh, I, I think are, you know, uh, it works in your favor more with horses you know really well because you know their tendencies, you know, you know, a horse might not be able to sit on the rail or something like that. Uh, now, Mike, when you were looking at that race, uh, did you consider any of that when you were picking the six? No, like if you if you read my write-ups on Nahu Picks, and my, the six was my top pick. Why? Because I felt like that he's the fastest horse, but he's known to make breaks. So can I? And it says it says right on there. If you mm-hmm. if you look at it, it says this. It says broke at one to nine, so can't be trusted, but is fastest of these. That's what it says. That was my comment on the horse. So I feel like. The horse is the fastest horse in the race. You know, any horse that breaks, I don't care how fast they are, is is not going to win typically. Mm-hmm. So, but this horse, I thought is the fastest horse. If he didn't make a mistake, that he would win like that. That's what I. That's the way I looked at that race. I I preferred him being outside to in because of the way he raced last week. And like Rod said, when you know the horses, you know the horse is better inside or out. The horse was, I wouldn't say interfered with, but the horse had trouble last time at one to nine. So I'm typically not a fan of horses that lose at one to nine, but the horse had trouble. I forgave that spot. If mm-hmm. you go and you draw a line through that race, mm-hmm. you certainly could use that horse. And I'm sure, Rod, if you would draw a line through that race like I did and look at the race prior, you would agree that this horse would have a big chance in the race coming off the race too bad. I knew the horse had a chance. I knew the horse had a chance. But I also knew that it was going to get cold up there tonight, and I knew the track was going to be iffy. So, with that being said, I thought the track was going to be a little worse than it actually is, and wait, this wait. horse would run. But ah. the horse, the, the track is off. It is off because nobody can close. Well, uh, the the other thing on a fair again, track, they're going to be able correct. to close. They've always been able to close at London. They are not closing at all. Uh, they closed the last two races. That wasn't a closer. He was right on the front. No. Uh, That's incorrect. At the pole, he was within half a length of the leader. That is not closing. Listen, if, if that, you come if, from if, six if, at the half mile on a half mile track, you're a closer. You're not on the front. If you come from sixth after the half mile on a half mile track, you are a closer. I don't care what you With say. That logic, all of it. You're sitting there telling me a horse in a two hole would be a closer. Well, no, no because he's he's coming yeah, from I second. Said, here I said, yes. here, here, his horse was closer. You. Let me help you. Leader. If you oh. come from six and to half, you're a closer, not two six. Are you trying? Rosie into three quarter pole. Uh, now, I'm, 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 how come Rod? Uh, when you're judging biases, you judge him by the three quarter pole. So you're telling me a horse that comes from 10th and is like first by the three-quarter pole didn't close in the race, that he's a front-ender? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard you say. Well, uh, that's why that's why I'm asking, Rod, how come you use – how come the basis of uh, bias for you is the three-quarter pole? Because you have a quarter mile. Every, in this country, this continent, they race at the three-quarter pole. Everybody guns at the at the half, the five ace. That's what they do. They gun. Okay? On every small track across North America, 
when they turn down the backside or they hit the five A's pole, wherever track you're on, they are going full speed. You're not going to go any faster at any point in the race other than right there between the five A's and the three quarter pole. Right. Every single race. Okay. So where and do you I have will to guarantee you, please, please, guys, uh, one person talk at a time. Uh, so, Rod, uh, you're saying that just because everyone is launching to the three-quarter pole, that at three-quarters, that's the only time you could really make a true judgment of bias? Because uh, I still feel like if it's a tiring track, a horse wouldn't be able to make up ground from the half. No, because it, I'm not saying that a closer is going to come from you know third over every time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if a horse, when they hit the three-quarter pole, is within a length or a length and a half of the lead, they're not really closing. Because with that logic, the horse in the two-hole is a length and a half from the lead. It's not closing. That is not considered a closer. But at the 5 So the horse that's okay. second over, that is literally right next to him, is not closing. He, it, he is following a horse that is directly next to the horse that is leading the race. Or the horse in front of him might be actually leading the race. I I, I can understand but where you're coming from. All, all, all right, went early and got to the lead at that point. Not every horse on the front is going to be the leader at the three quarter pole. I mean this this entire right. discussion is, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean I don't even I'm not understand the point you're trying to make it because it's unreal. the the point you're making is just horrendous. Well, no, my my God. I, I, I'm trying to understand, because there is some logic in what Rod is saying. I don't necessarily agree with it. However, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to dissect it. So this I know what he's saying, but I, I don't think he's explaining it the way he wants to. I, I can agree with that, too, because we're, we're, we're kind of going in circles at this point, which that makes sense for a horse racing show. Uh, but, Rod, uh, just, just for a bit of devil's advocate as well, uh, the six Elmer Rockbottom in that race, around the 5'8's pull, I had to circle around a dead cover to come up towards the leader, that's still, in essence, a closing move, is it not? Yeah, that's a closing move. But when you are at the 5 ace pole and you do that, and by the time you hit the three quarters, you're next to the leaders, you're not closing. So, what are you? Not. Okay. Tell me what you are. What is Mike, that? Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, you're next to the leader. Mike. So, well, Rod, the reason why I'm asking all of this is because... in. in in handicapping, at least for me, I, I try to be really loose in my interpretations of the races to try and pick up on horses' form and such. Uh, because when I try to be as precise as you're sounding with your terms and such, which I understand because you are a driver, uh, that it, to me it seems like then you lose the idea of handicapping itself, which is all of the variables that go in, that are involved in a race. And so uh, to for you to be saying... Uh, precise things like a horse can only close at this point and a horse is on the lead at this point, uh, judging biases and such, to me, it just seems a little too strict of terminology. I'm not saying it's only closing or only speed, mm -hmm. depending where you're at. I'm saying based on how the... how uh, it's, it's too hard to explain what I'm thinking here. It's not based on what the horse did the first half of the race okay all right i don't care where the horse is at the first half 
Now, if they're tenth, if they're tenth at the quarter pole, it's a different story. Okay, you should. You should if care. They're, <clears throat> they're lining up. If they're fourth at the quarter pole, they're going. They're going. And they right. pull second over. Okay. We'll finish this after this race. Eighth race from the raceway in motion, approaching the start. And now it's off and pacing with Pacific Oak from the inside, gaining the front, chipping out. Up to challenge around the turn, ducking away into fourth. Unchained Desires overthinking it. Gets away in third. Behind them, right the check. Then it's Talking Book and Major Nature towards the back of the pack as they head around the first bend and move on to the back straight. Overland and moving up to take the lead, shipping out. The 1-9 to nine choice leads Pacific Oak by 2 as they move on to that opening quarter. Third then overthinking it. Fourth comes Unchained Desire in front of Right the Check. Steel back. Another 2.5 to Talking Book and Major Nature opening panel 30-4. and four. Heading to the far bend. In front, shipping out. Still leads Pacific Oak unchallenged so far in the early stages of the race. Overthinking it. Sits third in front of Unchained Desire. Fourth as they move to the top of the lane first time. Right, the check fifth, and those five occupy the main pack. Gap then, talking book second to last. Major Nature remains the trailer. Odds on choice. Unchallenged here, shipping out, gains a bit of separation from Pacific Oak, leads by two and a quarter now, through a 101 clip to the clubhouse turn. Third then is overthinking it, he's gapping Pacific Oak by about another two, on his back, Unchained Desire, right, the check tried to move wide as they move towards the back straight, but ducked back to the rail, so then it's Talking Book catching the field, as well as Major Nature towards the rear. Heading the three quarters now, shipping out, maybe soon to be challenged by Pacific Oak in the pocket, out of fourth now comes Unchained Desire marching on the outside up towards third, two and a half off the lead. And it's back to right the check. Fifth is out of the pocket now. Pacific Oak comes after the favorite. Shipping out off of three quarters and one thirty and three. Round the final bend. Shipping out in front of Pacific Oak by a line. Three high comes on Chain Desire to the inside. Overthinking it needs room as they turn for home. In front still shipping out. Unchallenged remains in front. Overthinking it. Looks for room to the inside. Outside Pacific Oak. Three wide installed. Unchained Desire as they come down to the line. Shipping out. Holding on. It's shipping out. To win by a neck from Pacific Elk, overthinking it third and two oh one and one. I guess the ultimate point I want to get to with this entire discussion that we're having. First off, I hope it's insightful to a certain extent, or else I wouldn't have let it go on as long as I did. Uh, but secondly, uh, the point that I I also feel is kind of here, and what I was trying to get to with what Rod is saying is uh, what you're trying to explain that is complex. To, to the sense that you, you're having a hard time explaining it to begin with, and we're, we're trying our best to understand where you're coming from. Uh, but at the same time, all, all, of these, all of these rules and such that I'm just hearing in, uh, your, in your lingo in terms of how you handicap that race and analyze that race, uh, to me, it, see, it seemed like it more impeded you uh, from being able to use that horse uh, because you you tried to look too deeply into the circumstances. You tried to predict how the surface was going to be. You tried to predict how the weather was going to be with the surface, how the dirt would feel and such. And to me, uh, that, that kind of... It, it makes sense in trying to get the most certain answer, but at the same time, it, it totally negates the chaos factor involved in racing. Yes and no. Uh, but... Not, that's not the only thing I was considering. I was considering, one, he drew the outside. Two, the three horses I liked the best 
thinking he would possibly run again because mm-hmm. I, the way I handicapped that was he made a break last week. Mm-hmm. He runs this week. Mm-hmm. He's on the stewards list. So I'm thinking he's going to duck, get a flat mile in, and be charging late and not win the race because the three horses that drew one, two, three were all good enough to be able to to be right there at the wire. Well, then I, I feel like you, you that that's your answer. It's not that the track was clumpy. It's not that the track is, is off. I, it's just you handicapped the race where you thought that horse was going to break. It's as simple as that. I handicapped the race the same way, uh, but I, I was just wrong. Yeah, I thought it was going to break. I, I, I had a feeling the track was going to be off tonight, and I said, this horse is probably going to run because he's run the last two times he's been on and off track. And uh, that's that's the, all the answer we needed. We didn't need that the track was the track was good. And it you was went fast. different ways with it. You didn't just say it that way. You went all kinds of different ways and, and yelling. I mean, I, I was I was trying to like I hand, like I did something wrong. I didn't no. do nothing wrong. Yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. You handicapped it the same way I did, and I was wrong too. It's as simple as that. And that that's handicapping for you. That's that's why it's an art form uh, because there's so many different well, ways I, you can do I it. I just want to make a, a my last point would be that you know when you say you don't care what happens the first half of the race that that's that's important, you know, and that determines whether you're a closer or you're a front ender or you're a stalker or, you know, what you do the first half of the race is important. How you got to where you no, got I'm on not. the racetrack at a certain point is important. How much energy you use to get to where you were is important. Yeah. I don't think that's what Rod meant. I think he just overgeneralized. I, I, I'm, not the statement. Saying, I, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying where a horse is at is not as important as what he did in the in in the second half of the race, it's just not. But, not what they did, what where they're at. That's all I was talking. Okay, about. But what I'm okay. saying is, is and and we should get off of this because this could go on for days. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, it takes if if you start ninth. And, you know, to get to the three-quarter pole in first, that required a certain amount of energy or certain amount of going wide. Or th- there are things that happened that got you to that point, which makes you a closer in the race. And that's all I'm saying. If you start sixth out of seven, you're a closer if you win. Unless you make a move right away in the race and got to the front before the half. And that wasn't the case. So if you're moving in the second half of the race and passing more than half, I would say you're a closer. That's just, that's me. And probably most of Earth. But, you know, again, we can talk about this forever. Hmm. With with all that said and done. uh, Well, either way, I don't really care because (laughs) I still know what the hell I'm looking at. Well, We'll we'll talk about this off the air. Yeah. So with all that said and all that done, again, hopefully uh, that was somewhat insightful. Uh, uh, hopefully the polarized sides tried to create some kind of gem of truth in the landslide. Uh, however, uh, in the pick four, which Rod and I are both out of, Mike is still going. He's going with a 7-2 to two and a 1-9 to nine into the third leg of the sequence, which I think you have the 1-2-3, if I'm looking at that correctly, with 
14 minutes until the second hour of the show. In the second hour, we'll get to the late pick four for the Meadowlands from Saturday, as well as the jackpot high five from Woodbine Racetrack. <clears throat> Interesting discussion, uh, which also goes to show uh, that with any kind of handicapper, uh, they are right. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. You, you can't disprove a handicapper. I think that's one thing I learned. Yeah, you, you, I I've tried way more than it's worth. I it, it's it's not worth it. This this wasn't a, a question of handicapping though. This was something completely different. Well, that's sorry. Why. I'm I'm talking with people who are watching on Facebook right now. I, that's chatting right. with them. That's all right. Scotty Nance, Nance and Tom Kelly chatting. Ah, oh, Tom Kelly's listening. Uh, what a what a grand old chap, Tom Kelly. Scott. Tom Kelly was on our show at the Breeders' Crown. He was one of many guests at our Breeders' Crown show at Hoosier Park. Yeah. We had a we had a ton of guests. <laughs> Which many I, was uh, understatement. I, that's true. Uh, we we had Tom Kelly. We've had Jason Settlemore. We had Jeff Gorrell. We had a uh, we had that guy from Sky Racing. One one of my one of my pals, my Chip Chip Cheerios. Uh, Greg, Greg Greg Hayes. Greg Hayes. That's his name. Uh, who else? We, we we just had we had a multitude. We had almost every driver in the Breeders' Crown come by uh, before the cards started on Saturday. We have a great picture with them as a cover photo on our Facebook and Twitter. Uh, however, uh, we 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 should have video highlights from that coming out at a certain point. Uh, I'm going to try and start working on those before I head back to uh, university. <clears throat> however, all that said, all that done, third leg of this sequence is coming up in four minutes. Uh, not really much to talk about here. Current favorite on the board at five to two. The two riddle me miss. Second choice then uh, at seven to two. The three whiskey and then uh, the six Cali Magoo, and the one I've got it all at both four to one. I'm surprised the betting Cali Magoo uh, on account of she won that race that Elmo Rock Bottom broken and it was a total uh, win of circumstance. The, the fact that she, the fact that she even held on was a miracle. They're betting Carol there. That's just that's all there is to it. Oh, all right. That. Took the words right out of my mouth, <clears throat> and so again with all that, I'm, I was I was surprised we went down that route. Uh, I never I can't remember the last time. Scotty, on the show. Uh, hmm? Scotty, uh, I'm not bringing that up anymore. What? What? <laughs> Talking to Scotty on the Facebook feed. Scott Nance on the Facebook feed. Ah, Scott Nance. All right. Uh, what I was going to say is that. Uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the last time on the show we really got uh, that deep into conceptual handicapping. Uh, however, it's a very niche topic, and I try my best to keep this show as broad as possible. But again, hopefully people learn from that. Uh, as for me, as for what I'm doing, currently I am uh, hosting a show. Uh, this is mo- this is mostly for the single ladies out there. Uh, this is this is my dating profile. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a bachelor. I'm a, I host a radio show in my parents' basement. I know. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, and it's it's a it's a grand old time. Uh, these these two guys uh, these these two guys aren't part of the package. No no no. Don't don't worry. They aren't they aren't part. They're, they're part of the show, but they're not, they're not part of the package. <laughs> uh, How unfortunate. And, and uh, what, that raw that's a little creepy considering my age, uh, but <clears throat> you know it's just. Uh, you know, could, could come on the show. Well, we'll have some special guests next month on the show. Uh, Jay Hawkstetler should be coming on at a certain point as a guest star. And again, I will plug this as well as NahuPicks.com. 
which we have racing analysis up there almost every day for Western Fair and Woodbine Racetrack as well as for the Meadowlands through the rest of the year, which we're working on currently uh, renewing that contract for next year. <coughs> and we also have show archives on nahupix.com. <sighs> I it, it feels so good, though, to be able to be myself, though, for the first time in five years. You do switched accents in the middle of a sentence. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've been talking. <laughs> I've been talking the same the worst way. Worst accent ever. It's you're just rambling, bro. I'm no. I'm well. You guys aren't really providing much substance right now, so I'm I'm doing the filler. Well, it's it's hard to talk when you're talking, especially talking like a you know what? someone else. Buffoon. I'm 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 just I'm being myself. At least whenever we talk, it's racing related. I'm I'm just I'm I'm working on trying to be myself. Because, Good. because I, I, I feel... Make yourself talk about the races. Well, well, I don't really know what there is to talk about, about this race. This race is pretty straightforward for me. It's 1-3, but at the same time, we all, we got so racing-centric. Got to kind of loosen it up a bit. Loosen up the soil uh, to fertilize the ground, if you know what I mean. All you farmers out there, I know because this is horse racing. We got some farmers out there. I'm, I mean, you could do that uh, moving into the second hour of the show. Uh, you gotta replenish your precious bodily fluids as well. I got my water right here. I'll take a drink of whenever I stop talking. Uh, <coughs> however, uh, it, I, I, again, it's just I this I feel like show business has changed me, and that for the first time I I feel I feel truly one with myself. And that, that's that's it's a great. Probably because you got a haircut and your brain can breathe a little bit now. Uh, no, I am not a chia pet rod. I am a human being. <coughs> and human, <laughs> and human human beings. I'm uh, surprised you know what those things are. Right? It's, it's like what, what else could I possibly know next? Don Rickles. That's because of Chia Obama. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's it's only because of Chia Obama, not because of Chia Scooby Doo or, or Chia Johnny Carson or anything of that sort. Chia Obama. That's why. I think. Yeah, when I was a kid, we had Chia, the freaking hedgehog. That was it. I actually had a Chia pet. It was, uh, I think it was a goat. So did I. And I. And it grew great. Like, I really, uh, it was had a giant, looked like Ray. Giant frog. Ours was like a raccoon or a porcupine or something. Just some kind of rodent. I, I had some. It was I, not I, even fun to look at. I had something that was one of a kind. I had a, a Chia Pet Rock. Uh, however, the hair only grew on the north side. And it didn't really grow too high. Also, it kind of smelled. It was a little rank. A little ranky. A little mildewy. Chia Pet Rock. Is that right? Yeah. Not, not like Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, from all, all of your Furiously Fast films. Uh, no, it, it's, it was... It was one of those crazes of the early 90s where you had the pet rock with the googly eyes, except it had a feature where it could grow hair, but it only grew on the north side of the rock, and you had to leave it outside for about, like, three weeks. Okay. <clears throat> uh, what, what I do want to mention, though, that I kind of loved is uh, it- when, when we were going into uh, the reference bank of how Ray could possibly know about Chia Pets, uh, Mike was trying to gauge down which exact Chia Pet it was that I could possibly know. <laughs> and I, I, th- I think that would make a fun game. 
a fun because we people love to do that. They love whenever you mention something, you go, "Wow, you don't. You, how could you possibly know that? Oh, it's because of this. It's because of this one event. This one event is the reason why you po- you could possibly know it. Like for instance, uh, the Carol Burnett show. Uh, you, how could you possibly know anything about the Carol? It's because she won the Lifetime Achievement Award, isn't it? Then you figured. Oh, then you figured out she was an actual person. Why do we do that? Why do we? Why do we try to predict the exact things in people's lives? You know, it's just an it's an interest it's an interesting it's a phenomenon. It's phenomenal, more than a phenomenon. It was not the Chia Obama, Mike. Uh, just to let you know. I bet it was. It was not. I I knew about Chia pets before Obama was even a person. A person? He's, He's like fifty me. years old. Well, I'm I'm saying because like before he was president, he was a senator, and to be honest, I couldn't even name you half the senators in the U.S. Senate right now. You that, probably can't name three. That's mostly because I I'm not an American. However, uh, I'm still well versed in the American legislative system more so than ironically most Americans that I could obviously name three right now. Uh, we got John McCain, uh, we got uh, John Cornyn, and we got Pat Toomey. That's three right off the bat. I could go a couple more. Uh, we got uh, Mike Enzi. Mike Enzi, or no, is he the House of Rips? Oh, that now now I'm getting I'm getting jazzed up so a you, bit. You, you tapped out at three. At three. Well, you said three at least, so I still technically win. John McCain doesn't count. He's going to be dead soon. That he's still a senator. That, but he's not yet. That dad, he's it's not. <laughs> that's the like, only reason you know who he is because he ran for president. No. Otherwise, you wouldn't know who he was. I know who he is because we watch the news from where I'm from. You don't understand the impact of the United States on the rest of the world. As ironically egotistical as Americans are. Uh, This show's gone completely off the rails from the start. They're getting ready to line up here for the ninth race from Western Fair. Uh, The other thing that I was going to say is uh, more senators. Uh, Okay. Uh... We got Marco Rubio. He's a senator. We got uh, Carol Feinstein. No, is it Carol Feinstein? No, I know the last name's Feinstein. Race. No, please. All right. So we can get off video because I'm really done with video. Two to one favorite here. The two riddle me miss also at two to one. The five Charles Ray, who's now up to five to two. The four Farron just also at five to two. Seven in line here for the ninth. From the raceway at Western Fair, they're lined up, and now they're all fan pacing with Callie Magoo from the far outside, leaving out Farron just from in between horses. Weski leaves out two with Riddle Me Miss to the inside around the first turn. Weski going to take the front from Riddle Me Miss wide, then Callie Magoo to the back straight, getting away fourth Farron just in front of. Uh, I've got it all in fifth back then to Charles Ray. And hooray for the winner. On to the opening quarter. Weski in front of Riddle Me Miss second. Tucking into third. Callie Magoo ducking to the inside in front of Fan just fourth. Fifth then I've got it all. Charles Ray sixth. Outside and wide already. Hooray for the winners. They go by the opening quarter and 30 and 3 around the far bend. It's Weski leading by two. Riddle Me Miss second. Out of fourth now comes Farron just marching uncovered. And the inside shuffled back. As they come into the stretch, Callie Magoo shuffled to fourth, chasing after Weski to the half. Turning into the stretch first time, Weski leading Riddle Me Miss outside 
first over. Moving up towards second now comes Farron Just. Second over in that cover. Charles Ray. Third over then. Hooray for the winner. I've got it all. Shuffled to the rear. 102 and 2 for the half around the clubhouse turn. One more lap. Weskey leads to the back straight. Riddle me missing the pocket. On the outside. Farron just stalled. Three high now comes Charles Ray. Callie Magoo stuck to the inside. Is hooray for the winner. Moves on the outside. Then it's I've got it all. Trailing the pack to three quarters. Is still in front is Weskey. Farron just not leaving her back to the outside. Three deep still. Charles Ray into the inside with nowhere to go. Riddle me miss. Three quarters in 133. One more turn. Weski in front by a length and a half. Riddle me miss takes second. His fan just drops back to the outside taking with a Charles Ray who's faltering three high. Callie Magoo inherits third to the rail as they turn for home. Still to chase Weski. She's the one to catch. Leads by two. Riddle me miss. Angles off the rail trying to pursue the leader. Inside then Callie Magoo. Weski leads on the outside Riddle me miss. Sweeps by to win. Riddle me miss from Weski. Then for third, Callie Magoo in 203 and 1. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Callie Magoo was not was the one to go. It was Riddle me miss. At 2 to 1. What is this pick four going to pay, I wonder? More than zero. Fair enough. With all that said, all that done. We are already halfway, or quarter way, technically, through the season ender. This part two is next week. This is part one. Hour two of part one coming up right after this break. Here on North Megan Hoss Update on SRN1. Stay tuned for more, including the late pick four from the Meadowlands Racetrack, as well as <clears throat> uh, the Jackpot High Five, which could have a pool of a million dollars with its mandatory payout. And we are going to... Uh, Look into that, analyze that, preview that, cover that, any other kind of possible verbiage that you could use for that situation. We'll be back with more North American Hoss update after the break. Stay tuned on SRN1.
Kolpong Woodbridge. A teen has been arrested following midnight thefts from cars in Keswick. York Regional Police were called in around the Queensway and Ravenshoe Road after reports of a male entering parked cars. Officers found the suspect a 16-year-old in possession of items stolen from vehicles. Police are reminding you to remove your valuables from your car and to lock your doors. Brampton is to receive millions in new transit funding. Transportation Minister Stephen Del Duca made the announcement in front of Brampton Transit's main garage on Tuesday, adding that $11 million in funding comes from the gas tax fund. Brampton Mayor Linda Jeffrey says the money is necessary to increase capacity for a rapidly growing transit system. York Region can't find the hacker responsible for changing one of its electronic road signs. Travelers on Bayview Avenue in Aurora were awoken on November 27th with a rude message posted on one of the region's movable electronic road signs. The message was displayed for over 20 minutes. The region has called upon tighter security for those signs and future construction contracts. Flurries for Christmas, Pearson minus two, North minus three. I'll have more news over the holidays for now in Philippong. Thank you, Phil, and welcome back to more North American Harness Update here on SRN1. Joined here by my co-hosts who are muted currently on my end. Now they're back, uh, Mike Prebozzi and Rod Elms Jr. Welcome back to the show. That was a quick break for you. Yeah, we, we played the song, we did the news, and now it's time for your muse, which I assume is me. <clears throat> just just through the sheer serenity of my voice and the the, the euphonous sound that is in no way cacophonous, because cacophony is the antonym of euphony. However, uh, that is that is for North American uh, verbiage update or etymology up etymology updates the history of words. Uh, vocabulary update is the perfect name for that one, uh, which it's funny <laughs> we 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 spent the time trying. I do mean we because this was a collective effort uh, trying to find the perfect word for vocabulary update, even though it was. Uh, but that that'll be premiering next year in 2018, along with many other shows that we have on tap. However. Second hour of this show, along with the final leg of the pick four from the Riceway at Western Fair District, in which Mike is alive. Uh, we also have the late pick four from the Meadowlands for Saturday, as well as <clears throat> the Jackpot High Five from Woodbine, and we'll be doing it in that exact order. So while we're waiting for this final leg of the pick four at Western Fair, we're going to turn our past performances over to... <clears throat> excuse me again. To the Meadowlands Racetrack in East Rutherford, New Jersey. For their Saturday program, uh, the late pick four over there, guaranteed pool of, I think it's 50000 I always forget, but it's $50,000. It's $50,000 guaranteed in that late pick four. Starting with race number eight in the sequence. It's normal as a 15000 in the last five starts. It's a pacing event. Field of 10 to line up here, including uh, the 13-year-old foiled again with $7.5 million in earnings. Uh, this horse now racing in the condition ranks from the far outside. I'm going to send it off to you, Mike, to start because you're the deepest of all of us. You take five. Five. That's a very tough race, I thought. Just because you have a lot of shippers coming in and a lot of horses moving in class. Um, I thought it was extremely difficult. I'm going to start with the one vanquished who comes in from Yonkers, uh, you know, was racing numbers of 30,000 last five, which is, you know, an upper level there. They, they don't go too much higher besides the preferreds there and had terrible posts. He's had seven, eight, six at freehold, five at freehold, five at Yonkers. 
those are terrible posts. Really had no chance. Draws the rail here. And, you know, th- this horse, you know, has made 50000 this year at, at upper levels. Uh, I feel like has a chance, especially given the draw. So I'm going to use that one. Uh, the three art history is always right there. Has been in against uh, Tulo a couple times. Who's one of the better, uh, you know, upper level type horses here. Gets a little bit better draw. Gets Brett Miller again. Uh, you know, this horse is always right there. I, I don't want to lose to this one. Uh, the four mock a million. This is a uh, horse that came from Australia. Uh, had one race at Freehold. Got Lasix and raced decently to be second. Uh, you know, now gets the big track. And I'm interested in this horse because a lot of these horses from down under come here, get Lasix and, and just improve. So, and this horse has 52 miles in Australia. Uh, that's good enough to win this race. So I'm going to use that one. Uh, the seven, a lot better end. This horse was racing numbers of 20,000 at Yonkers. Uh, one last time in 54 and four, came home 27 and four. That was a huge mile there. Comes here and should be up early again. I think close to the pace, uh, hard to leave off. And then the nine, Jacks are lucky too, who likes this racetrack, is a bit every other, you know, one two back, one four back, uh, always comes late, usually 27 and one ish, uh, eight, eight time winner this year, always dangerous. So one, three, four, seven, nine in the first leg. Oh, oh sorry, I <clears throat> kind of dozed off there. There were, there were a lot of numbers soothing me to sleep. Uh, Rod, I'm looking, looking at. Your numbers, and if I look with my glasses correctly, I need a new prescription. But also, if I look even closer, as now the numbers are more clear, you go three deep. You're able to narrow it down a bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm using three of the ones that Mike is using, uh, three, four, seven. Uh, the three, I, I've seen a lot of these horses come from New Zealand and fire right off the bat. Uh, there's actually one in later that I'm also using that was in the same qualifier, probably on the same flight over. Um, but this horse had a really good qualifier, went to the front. Most of these horses that uh, ship in and go into a qualifier are not that good where they can just go to the front right away and, and put in a good effort in that in that qualifier. So I thought that was a, a, a good tightener there. Um you know, the break does concern me a bit, but uh, I think she's plenty capable. The four, I like that start last week, first start on the big track. I used this horse at 30-1. to one. Uh, This is a little bit of a, a softer spot, I think. There, there's not really a lot in here. A lot of horses moving up, a lot of horses that are kind of question marks. Uh, so I think maybe this one, if the trip works out right, this one definitely has a big shot. Then the seven, uh, Cousin Mary, been right there the last three starts. There's no reason this horse can't be right there once again. And, uh, you know, made almost 200000 this year. So, I mean, you can't fault the horse. Wait, did I say seven or eight? I meant eight. Sorry. I want eight, not seven. That, that would have uh, been uh, useful to now. Uh, not now, but... In the past. I typed the wrong number, sorry. All right, so uh, just after the show, if you could call me in the past to let me know of that so we could change it okay. for the future. All right. Uh, as for me, speaking of the future, uh, with some of my uh, college loan grants that I received, I, I 
purchased uh, this camera that I'm currently showing Mike and Rod. And uh, what's really great about this camera is that if I open it up and uh, look at the film, I could see which horses could possibly win the race because this has the photo finishes of the future. This is a patented technology. It's yet to be tested, however. Uh, so I may be exposed to massive amounts of radiation, which at the very worst uh, could turn me into a superhero. Hopefully not Ant-Man, but hopefully as attractive as Paul Rudd. So I am looking at this. <clears throat> And aha, uh -huh, mm-hmm, I got it, okay. In this first race, it has three possible horses that I'm going to use. I'm going to use the one uh, for Sean Valley, Vanquished, not only because uh, this is a Kiwi, very close to my hometown of uh, Kiwiland, and this horse draws better after racing over the Yonkers Raceway, raced very well at Yonkers Raceway, coming from off the pace every now and again, put into uh, poor spots to win, however, still raced well, drops in class here, should definitely be involved just off those factors. Uh, I do use the 7 a lot better, I like these Yonkers shippers, I like him coming in off a win against Normals of 20,000, moving down into the Normals of 15 ranks here at the Big M, and he should also take a liking to the bigger track, considering uh, he too is also closed well on the smaller oval, however, he does have the speed to put himself into the race. And Mike mentioned him. Jack's Lucky 2 is another horse I use, dropping down from the preferred level. Uh, two starts back, one at Normals of 11,000. Three starts ago was kind of involved against Normals of 15. Uh, however, what I do like about that race on December 9th was he came from off the pace, and it was at a certain... I mean, I think he was towards the center of the track, but nonetheless, horses weren't really closing that night unless they were towards the center of the track. Uh, so just the fact that he was able to close on that snowy night, that blustery, blizzardy uh, snowy night, uh, he's he's one to use. However, he's going to be some chalk in this race as well. So I am 179 in the first leg of this sequence, thanks to this uh, trusty camera that I totally did not waste my money on. Uh, it's It cost more than perhaps uh, my... My relationship with my father. All right, so this next race is race number nine. Knowns of 8,500 in the last five starts, plus of $11,000 on the line. Uh, Mike, again, you are the deepest of all of us, but this time you only take four. Four deep in this one, starting with the one more dragon who won two back, was loaded the whole way. Last time, stepped up to numbers of 87.5 and raced pretty well, I thought. That was a tough race. All-star partner got away early. Uh, and then kind of came back, but this horse was too far back and really had too much to do. Still came home 27-3, and three, so gets an inside draw. Hopefully he doesn't have to chase such a runaway this time, and, you know, we'll be closer, if closer, can win. Uh, the two, uh, Perseverant, this horse comes off a qualifier, came home 26-2 and two in that one after a layoff since September. Was racing at this level, though, at that time. And, you know, I feel like with that qualifier, this horse could be ready to go right off the bat. Should be respected. Uh, geez, well, who's naming these horses? Uh, uh, the four. Gaius <laughs> Crastinius. Thanks. Comes comes back from Philly, was racing numbers of 75 there. Prior to that, was racing at upper levels at Yonkers. Uh, I thought woke up a little last time, lost to Inspiration View, who's a decent horse. Uh, prior to that, was racing against horses like Burning Shore, War Daddy. Um, you know, th those are decent ones, ones that fit against these types. And, you know, I, I like that wake up last time. Should be closer here and, and has a chance. And then the nine, General Patton. This horse got the front last time after coming from Philly. Has been racing numbers of 20,000, numbers of 15,000. 
Uh, just lost to a couple sharper ones. Uh, Stars in Heaven had a perfect trip. J.K. Wilpire is a stakes horse. So th- this horse came out of a fast race. Um, I think uh, blasting again here. One, two, four, nine. Two things of note. Also, a bit of applause to uh, Mike for being able to pronounce the nine's name despite it being a J instead of a G. Uh, the two, uh, it's <laughs> the two, <laughs> the two horse. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh God. I'm pretty sure over in the states, uh, you guys, uh, you this is deodorant for you guys, except it's anti-perseverant as that horse. And then the four, Gaius Crastinus, is actually uh, that's a reference to a soldier in Julius Caesar. No, that that's not that, that, <laughs> that does not mean Raikatolo in Latin, unfortunately. See, that's why I couldn't say it. I, I that thing it's it's totally blocked out of my head. Well, no, it it's it that name is the name of a soldier from Julius Caesar's army. Uh huh. It's a Roman reference. It's not. How, I, I don't how, I don't know what you could possibly be that. thinking. Since you're so that that mind is so sharp from that you know high school education of yours i i really appreciate you giving me that information <laughs> i i mean the more references you can have the better uh but rod uh for you you are three deep yeah i go one two six uh the one race against these last week same same type of scenario drew inside duck and uh you know that this kind of looks like a race where he's probably going to get away a little bit closer and you know I, I don't like this horse if he gets on the lead he's not winning this race uh he he just needs to be uh just a little bit closer got into a tough race last time you know they went pretty fast and uh he was making up ground late the two perseverant i'm with mike on this one that was a really good qualifier uh, come a, a back half in uh, like 54 and three, just, just uh, a very good prep for this race. Uh, I think uh, this one's going to come out ready and like some metal lands. The only concern really is the layoff in the six bullet Bob. I'm using this one. One started off the qualifier. My, you know, second start, it is Steve Smith, but, uh, Second start off a qualifier is a big angle for me, especially after a long layoff. I thought the horse had two good qualifiers, put in uh, just an okay effort, but uh, in the first start, but the the pace was really slow in that race, and he just had no chance to make up any ground. So, uh, if I recall, that race lined up one two three, and they went one two three at the wire. So. Uh, you know, this is a Meadowlands horse, and, you know, he's got a mark of 50 over there this year. So, uh, should be a decent price play with Steve Smith driving. One, two, six. Um, we are we're all on board with uh, the one and the two. More Dragon and Perseverant. The only horse that I add on uh, that you guys did not is... Well, no, that Mike, Mike used, too, is the nine general pattern. Uh, I'm not really too creative in this race, except Perseverant. Perseverant, I don't know if the 12 to 1 morning line is going to hold. Because uh, of that qualifier, uh, however, the horse that race no. the horse raced really well at this class level in September and just early on finally gets a good draw, uh, so that he should definitely take some play. Uh, one two nine, nothing else really to add to that one. Third leg of this sequence is race number ten. I forgot to mention that was all from uh, my handy dandy camera. Uh, I, I was looking at it while you guys were talking. Uh, but this next leg is the third leg, and that was eleven five. And as I look over to Western Fair. 
just keeping an eye on that because they should be going any moment now. Seven's two to one over there. Do you believe that? Yeah, the five's the favor right now, six to five. Jeez, that's that's a good price on the seven. Uh, I, I can't really say much very, else. Very, very good price. Uh, I think the seven is tons the best there. I can tell you that the the two is overplayed right now, seven to two. Anybody that takes any money besides a seven is overplayed. There you go. Well, that that so probably this is typical London though. Like we'll be nine to five, and then they'll be going around the first turn, and then it'll be two to five. Two to five, yeah. <laughs> well, well, there, there. All the ADW money comes in from the U.S. That is taking a grand old time. They got all the time in the world. We don't. So this third leg of the pick four. Uh, Mike sent it off to you to kick us off. Once again, you're the deepest of all of us. You take four. Yeah, I, I thought this was a tough sequence, so I'm using some coverage. Uh, the, starting with the one, I'm not even saying these horses' names anymore. Um, McClinchy. It's not that hard. Okay. Good, good, Ray. Thank you. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> I'll, I'll analyze the races. <laughs> <laughs> comes back, comes back from Yonkers. Numbers of twenty thousand. Uh, he had rough trips from outside posts. Was a decent second, two back, and okay third, three back. Draws inside here, and you know needs to be respected, uh, uh, especially off the drop. The three, you know, was racing forty claimers at Yonkers. First up last time to finish third. Those upper claimers there are, are really you know, are tough races and, you know, there's a lot of good horses in those races. Uh, I don't mind this one coming over, especially getting Brett Miller here a little camera shy, but especially this year, uh, but 25 lifetime wins and a mark of 50 at the metal end. So we know that this horse can do well here. The four Johnny Q was a horse I liked last week and just got up to win at seven to one in a, in a very uh, interesting race flew late to win uh, draws inside I think should have probably a little bit easier set up in here unless somebody goes crazy like last time. And then the five spinorama, this is Osiello, uh, racing good at Yonkers at upper levels, gets a perfect spot on the gate. This horse likes the big track, uh, raced well at Mohawk uh, as a three-year-old. So uh, one, three, four, five. We'll have to be sending it off to Rod after this final leg of the pick four at Western Fair as the seven West Slucky areas. Now the choice at six to five, now down to even money. Uh, the two sparkles, three to one, and then uh, the five magnificent is seven to two. Field of nine lining up, seven on the gate, two and behind for the final race from the raceway at Western Fair District. They're in motion, they're approaching the start, and they're off and pacing with Lady of My Dream from the far outside, leaving well West Lucky Area out two. Uh, then to the inside comes Shadows and Erosha as they move around that first bend in front here. Lady of My Dream overtaken by the favorite West Lux area. Getting away third, then Erosha as they move into the back straight. Shadows is fourth to the inside of Crazy Rich. Fifth, outside then is Magnificent trying to circle by horses. Towards the rear, we have Major Motion Picture, Endless Legacy, and Sparkle is left alone on the lead with a big lead. 
is the favorite. West's lucky area in front by at least three and a half from Lady of My Dreams. Second, moving on the outside up to second now. Comes Malnificent as they went the opening quarter in a time that we are not meant to know. Orosha's in fourth. Outside Crazy Rich fifth as they turn in the straight first time. Shadows is to the inside sixth. Outside then Major Motion Picture still chasing the favorite. West's lucky area. Closest rival, Malnificent to the outside now up to second. Ducking into the pocket, perhaps they move to the turn. Sparkle has moved up into contention to the outside of Lady of My Dream as they move around that clubhouse band, moving to the back straight one more time. Inside then as they move down the back stretch... <coughs> Uh, comes Arosha in fourth, still chasing the favorite. West's lucky area to three quarters. Another move from Malnificent, trying once again to pursue the leader. Inside, Lady of My Dreams backs out. Off the rail comes Arosha. Sparkle is three wide. Then in between horses comes Shadows. Deeper on the track, Major Motion picture to the inside. Then towards the rear, Crazy Rich and Endless Legacy. Round the final bend, still in front. West's lucky area. Second then, Malnificent. It's down to these two as they turn into the lane with an eighth of a mile left to go. West's lucky area. Outside, Malnificent. Advantage still to the favorite. Malnificent to the outside, though. Lunging late into the 16th pole. West's lucky area. And Malnificent, West's lucky area. Held on to win. Malnificent was second. Then it was a gap of about five and a half with Erosha beating out the pack for third. Four to five favorite, West's lucky area. In 207, I don't understand why the the split times aren't shown going a mile on the 16th. They never are. Because they, <clears throat> when they when they put the times up for the mile, it's on the the actual teletimer. Ah. That is put onto the actual feed. Whereas when they go the mile and sixteenth, it's not on the same teletimer that's on the feed. Ah. It's on it's on the clock on the uh, tote board, but you can't see the tote board. Well, it's great that you are the one to sort of start talking, Rod, because it's up to you now to figure out this third leg of the Meadowlands pick four. Uh, and it seems like you have it pretty narrowed down, uh, because I I see not ten horses, not nine horses, not eight horses, not seven, not six, not five, not four, not three, not even three, but I see two horses for you. Yeah, I kept it pretty simple here. Uh, the three democracy f was first over at Yonkers last week. Uh, tough spot over there. Drew seven and eight holes before that. Gets a driver switch to Brett Miller. Uh, I just think his style of racing is better suited for the big track. And, you know, that's pretty apparent from last year. It had a mark of 150 at the Meadowlands. So, uh, you know, there's not really a knock against this horse for me. The four, Johnny Q, uh, got a, a pretty good setup last week and then uh, just pounced on him late in the speed battle. He actually didn't didn't have, <clears throat> excuse me, have to win that race from where he was at because he was close to that fast pace and you know he still closed pretty well. So uh, no, I thought that was a good race and. Uh, that can carry over into this. There there are some other tough horses in here, but I just think uh, these last two starts from this horse, he's improving, he's getting better, and 
uh, I think he's going to be tough once again. So three, four. It's remarkable uh, that you sit the uh, the four was closing in that last race, especially considering the horse was in the pocket. But that's that's another argument. It's <laughs> called a callback, ladies and gentlemen. I'm too deep in this race. Uh, I agree with John. I didn't say he was closing. You did say he was closing. Play the no, tape. I said he he closed good. Well, first off, that's also incorrect because he closed well. Second off, it's called callback. Now, unfortunately, uh, this magic camera that I, I spent my entire uh, inheritance on uh, needs to recharge, so instead I have with me a... I'm going to show my uh, co-host. I have a magic fez that I will put onto my head, kind of like how Johnny Carson had that bit where he would read the letter before opening it because he had the magic hat. So that's what I'm doing here with these uh, with this third leg of the pick four at the Meadowlands. And from what the universe is telling me is... Mm, I am not compatible with Capricorn. Okay, that does not help me right now. Uh, corn on the cob is not what I'm feeling like right now. There we go. I got the numbers. I got numbers. I got numbers. All right, knock it off. I am too deep in this race. I saw two numbers in my head. I saw I saw the four, Johnny Q, uh, which makes sense because this horse raced very well last out, dropping in class uh, to win, moving back up to this level, two starts back, raced well, and as I mentioned too earlier with Jack's a lucky two, this horse tried to come from off the pace on that snowy night and of course was against the track and again, mostly against the elements. The elements just did not want any horse to be coming from off the pace. Uh, so Johnny Q was again against it. Did I mention he was against it? Because I, I, I'm pretty sure he was against it in that race. Uh, so he's moving up. He's sharp. He's moving into this race sharp. Everything's so sharp about this guy. And I also throw on Spinorama, who was claimed twice uh, back in early November uh, for 30,000, then moved into the condition ranks. Now was a 20,000 from post 7, was taken out of the mix, still closed well to finish 7th, closed well again, but this time moving wide to finish 3rd against the same level, and then in his most recent start, went first over, ended up finishing 5th, but still this horse is showing that he's increasingly more live with every start and could just be asking for the bigger track. And so, with all that said, all that done, moves to the bigger track. Seems to be improving. I'm going to take him at a price. 4-5, Johnny Q, and Spinorama. Final leg of the sequence. Race number 11. An interesting race uh, in terms of class structure and horses moving around the class levels. Uh, this is a claiming handicap. Uh, $20,000, $25,000, plus a $12,000 on the line. And I'm going to send it off to Rod, because this time, Rod's the deepest of all of us, taking not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six horses. Yeah, I go six deep here. I thought this race was the most wide open of the, the whole sequence. Uh, starting with the one, cardiac fashion. Raced pretty well last week, got stung that first quarter, and, uh, you know, it just took a little bit out of him. Draws the rail tonight, shouldn't have to work as hard to get toward the front. There is some other speed in here, but I think this horse is kind of versatile. If he gets a good pocket trip, I think he's got a big shot to win. The four, Mr. Match on Beach, he's been riding pocket trips every single week. Uh, maybe the longer stretch is going to help him a little bit. His... His good races seem to come on the bigger track. So, you know, this one, he's won two out of his last three. He's got a big shot. And uh, if he can work out that pocket trip again, he he cannot be discounted. The five, good long shot play, Greg Merton. Horse coming in from Saratoga. Flem, Fleminum, terrible name. 
Uh, coming in from Saratoga. Uh, had the eight hole last time, tossed that race, and he raced really well from the eight hole. Start before that went to lead, just got a little tired on the end. And the start before that closed, you know, three wide on the half. And uh, uh, I think this horse definitely has a big shot if he can follow some cover and, and get drug into it. The six, Copper Coast. Last week, sloppy track, track at Yonkers was parked every step. You can toss that race, start before that one on the front end. And uh, this horse seems to be better up close, but uh, this is also one that can can do some damage if he gets a good trip and gets Corey Callahan tomorrow night. The seven, Kings Barnes. Uh, Jim Marone Jr. has been the hottest driver at the Meadowlands. He's been on fire recently. Uh, this horse just won 25 claimer first over at Yonkers last time start before that just had no chance from where he was at race well then also uh the starts at Pocono had one good one one bad one that you can see on the program there uh this horse is capable again he's he's got to follow some cover and if he gets drug into it he's got a shot as well because he can close and and the move to the big track should should uh benefit a closer like him the eight Hugh Hefner uh, hasn't been winning much lately, but you know this horse is close. He he's probably going to duck this horse, and if he does, I don't think he's got a chance. But if he leaves, he's got a big shot because this horse is game when he's up close. Last time he just had no chance from last, and. With a horse like this moving to the big track, I like these Yonkers horses, especially in the straight claimers. They're uh, they're moved to the big track. Some of them that are closers, it, it really benefits them. So, uh, as you can see, I, I've taken that angle quite a bit in this race. One, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hello. No, I'm not up to anything right now. You want you want me? I'm sorry. There we go. Uh, very, very insightful, Rod. Great. Great analysis. I I especially love the part where you talked about the one horse possibly winning the race. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really spoke to to the chords in my strings. Uh, Mike, 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 uh, you're you're too deep in this race. You thought this was a little simpler. That's a tough race. It's but I think it's the six of the eight. The the six. You, you can see the horse has a judge's scratch on on. December 16th, but that was a day after the horse raced at Yonkers and had the eight hole. Uh, so I imagine that that's what that's about. Prior to that, won a 25 clamor on December the 8th uh, at one to nine. So, you know, this horse fits this level and, you know, has nine wins this year, has made almost 100,000. Uh, it needs to be respected in here. And I think the price may, you know, be a little off just because off that scratch line. If you don't look that close, if you look real quick, you might miss that it was just a day later. So I don't even pay attention to that. Uh, the eight, Hugh Hefner, this, this is another one that has raced well, 25s at Yonkers, uh, you know, has four wins this year, uh, you know, was second two back, third three back, second four back, you know, has a few outside posts. And, you know, I like getting Brett Miller here also. I feel like one of these two is going to find a way to win. If, if you want someone else a little long shot, maybe the nine. 
you know, this horse drops and likes the big track. I'm just not crazy about necessarily the, the driver that's sitting there. If it was a different driver, I would have used that one. So six and eight to finish. Which one was that, Mike, again? I, I missed that. The nine. The nine. Okay. Because uh, the yeah. driving the nine is – oh, Dustin Blumenfeld. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem like your cup of tea at all. He wouldn't cross your cup of tea either. Now, for this last leg, I'm about to put on the magic fez. <clears throat> As I come in contact with all the spirits around me and within me and hope they combine and coagulate to create some kind of vision through the nerves of my ocular organs. And I see it. I see a light. I see... They'll run away from the light. Oh, don't go towards the light. Okay. All right. Uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. Found them. That is... That fez might be too magical for me. I, I might have to set that aside for my own well-being. Uh, too deep. I saw two numbers. Three technically, but I think two of them were part of the same number. Uh, the seven, King's Bonds, was a horse I saw. Makes sense. Raced well at Yonkers. Won at Yonkers last out, going first over. The comment says, game, no cover. That clearly means the horse is good, because he, he was game with no cover. Could that That's just, that's positive. The horse is shot. He does, I'm not necessarily worried about the draw here. Uh, he closed well, two back at Yonkers against the same level. Uh, just see, overall, is just in great form, and will hopefully be ignored for his outside post. And then the other horse, which is, is a real shot in the dock, I guess, based on the fact that neither of you used him, is the 10, we think alike, which is ironic because we clearly don't think alike here at all. Uh, this horse has a lot of speed. It's always towards the front, parked the mile, uh, last out at Yonkers, ended up finishing 6th, but again parked the mile, uh, was wide again in the start before that here at the Meadowlands against conditioned horses. Now comes in for the claiming tag, so I view that as a step down from that, and also considering the fact that this horse will probably be put into play from the outside post. Should be able to be sent at least towards a mid-pack spot and be carried into the mix. This horse is going to be a great price. Is probably better than that last line showed just because of the amount of effort he was taken out of him going first over that entire mile. Uh, there's nothing else much more to say. Could possibly be in the right spot to win at the right time. And that time is mostly at the finish line. 7-10 for me in the final leg of that sequence, which makes my pick four go as follows. The 179 with the 129 with the 4-5 with the 710. Again, it's 179 with the 129 with the 4-5 with the 710. That's $18 for 50 cents. Mike, what's your ticket? 13479. With one two four nine, with one three four five, with six eight, it's eighty dollars. I will play. Rod. Three four seven with one two six with three four with one four five six seven eight. Fifty four bucks. I'm playing it. And that brings us to the f the final event of the night. Uh, besides uh, the, the 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 pivotal moment in my life, but this show is not about my life. It, it, well, I mean, it is, but we're not going to make it about that later. Uh, it's time for the Jackpot High Five from Woodbine Racetrack, which is a time-honored tradition because it happens at least twice a year, sometimes more than twice a year, uh, where they have a mandatory payout with a jackpot pool of about a million dollars, usually bet into it because of the carryover. Uh, through the meet at either Woodbine or Mohawk next season is going to be at Mohawk permanently. Uh, but this sequence, I also got word... 
And Rod, I know you got word too about this from Gone at Barnsdale over the Daily Racing Forum that apparently Colin's horses are going to scratch. Yes. Which both the why? two, the, because he owns both of them. I had a feeling that might happen. I was wondering why he got two horses that he owns that aren't an entry in this race. So they will be scratched. Well, that really messes this ticket up. Well, yeah. Yes, it does. And it messes up the race, too. I mean, it takes all the speed out of the race. I, I don't, I'm not prepared for that. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll Nobody look at is. it on the fly here, but I'm certainly not prepared for that. Well, it's a good thing we have about 20 minutes for the rest of this show. We can kind of Well, look well I, I mean, we got to discuss it anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, looking at the race, just to start with, it's wide open. Eh. Even even with those two horses in there, it, it really is a wide open event. And uh, you take those two out, it, it completely changes the race because those were the two speed horses. Uh, Baraki, you know, this horse leaves all the time, the three horse. Uh, I don't see why she's not leaving again tomorrow night. Um, you know, the eights, the other big speed horse in there, not not racing. The 11 and 12 had the second tier, so it's tough to use that angle for them. Uh, the, the thing I'm going to kind of lean on at this point what, is... What angle will you be using for them? Like, what, is, what does that do for us? Second tier there. Does uh, that help for, or what? Tell us. Well, no, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the 11 because the one has zero gate speed. The 12 is going to be in a little bit better position because the three is going to the front. So I think the 12 is going to make a move early. As soon as the the, uh, three horse clears, who's going to be in post two, the 12 horse is going to be on the outside already moving toward the front and put the three in a two hole is, is, kind of what I'm thinking is well, going to happen now. But the, the three could also gain enough separation where the 12 could get the pocket, too. I don't think that's going to happen because the three's going to look for a two-hole. She looks for a two-hole every single week. But think, think about this way, because the one's not leaving. The one's not going to have any speed, so the 11's going right. to be taken out of the mix. So the 12 has that opportunity to take the pocket. That's if nobody outside goes. I mean, you, you, the five. Right. Some, somebody else is going to go. The twelve with Wah, especially with now that you have two. The two main speed horses are scratching out of the race, so mm-hmm. th- that makes it difficult to figure out who's going to go. You know, the three's going. I, I agree with Rod. I mean, the horse is going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the twelve would have to be right on the three's back to to get the pocket. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, then I guess the point that I, the point that I was going to make off that was uh, more so that the horse is probably not going to be parked out like Rod was saying to go for the front. Probably is going to be tucked in behind just so she, just so she's on the rail. But you have the one there, you have the eleven there that it has to get around. What that's what Rod's trying to get at. Even though they don't show speed, they're still in the way. They still, mm-hmm. you know, that makes a difference. And, and the one is going to have to push a little bit harder. Knowing that there's two horses behind, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't want to get away ninth or tenth in here, the mm-hmm. one. So, because there there's gonna be other horses that end up leaving in this race, 
with the eight scratch, I think maybe the six goes, but doesn't really show much gate speed. Has left a quarter and 27 in a piece before. I think the five goes, especially because it's Louis Wah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's gonna, it's hard to predict who, who else might leave. Uh, I think the three, five, and six are potential leavers, and the 12 is going to follow the three out. What about Davis? So, hmm? What about Davis on the seven? That I mean, horse. Davis can get Davis is the best gate. You know, he I think he's one of the best gate drivers anywhere. But look, if he wants mm-hmm. to go, he can get there with anything. What about August twenty first? The horse had the perfect opportunity to launch from post eight, probably ninth by fifteen. Well, I'm just saying that he is capable of getting one out of there. I mean, I don't know what that horse looked like he was going wrong at that point. So I mean, you can't judge it by just that race. I, this horse has got the front before with him. I mean, you don't see it here, but that's, you know, I can tell you that that's true. You can go back at this horse's lines, and that's true. Well, if he can get this horse away I, I, from don't, I don't know that he's going to go with this horse tomorrow yeah. just because. But he can. He's capable. Yeah, he can. I don't, I don't think he's going to because the horse is facing a group. I mean, it's not a good group. But this is a better group than what she faced last week at Flamborough and even the week before. I mean, War Philly is the horse that won that race two starts back for the seven here. Uh, she's okay. I mean, she's this is probably her class to dominate it if she was a woodbine horse. But for the purposes of this discussion, we're just talking about horses that could possibly leave and i'm just making a point that the seven however it doesn't look like it on paper is a possibility to be up there early yeah seven's mm-hmm. a possibility i i'm so yeah. uh, I with, a- with any any levers here i mean you you got to figure sensibly just based on form the three five six and twelve are potential levers the seven is probably the next one that is potentially going to go. But I, I think I don't know. I, I wouldn't think the twelve is going to be. I mean, I I just looking at the twelve from a second tier spot. It really, I understand that that they're going to want to go, but that doesn't mean that this horse can get to where they want to go. I I would be, I would say that this horse is going to be in big trouble. Well, a spot is going to open up. You hope. I mean, you don't know that. You hope. Well, I don't. They rarely park park horses fourth or fifth on the outside over but there. But there's rarely two trailers in any race at that place. Right. So that that changes the dynamic. And the speed is out of the race, and that's another dynamic that's completely different. So some people will think that they can get there when they maybe can't. I mean, it's up for grabs at this point. This, yeah, this could I, be good I, I think, now. Because yeah, it's I think the is going to be over bet. I think 12 is going to be way over bet. Really? Well, I agree with that because look at the, look at the way the horse has been bet consistently. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. It's in the 12. I mean, the horse has been 3 to 1, 8 to 1, sub 10 to 1 almost every race and never really gets to be 1 2. I mean, two wins, one second, and 21 starts this year. That's that's no killer by any means. And this horse likes to hang anyway, but that's a whole other story. Mm hmm. Well, I originally had the 12 on top of my ticket just because I thought there'd be a bit more speed in the race uh, with the 2 and the 8. But now that they're out, uh, as, as we've been discussing currently, it's all up in the air. And we're, we're, we're fairly certain that they're going to be scratched, correct? 
Yes. Okay. Because I, 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 I trust Gonsdale. I, th- I, uh, I thought the horses. I uh, honestly, the first thing I looked at when I looked at this race, I saw that Travis Cullen owned a part of both of those horses. And I said, there's no way these horses can race without there being an entry. So I looked to see if there was some kind of stipulation, you know, bona fide separate entry, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, because they've done that before. And there wasn't. So th- that means that the horses are going to be scratched. Well, there's two, there's two questions I have then. First off, um, why would they be allowed to enter in the same race in the first place and draw into the same race? And B, how come one of them just can't scratch? It was a mistake. All right. It was just plain and simple. It was a mistake. The horses shouldn't have been allowed to be in the same race without there being an entry. So what would have to happen? So where did you is, read this? Where did you get this? Did Garnett talk to you directly, or what? How, I don't see it anywhere. He doesn't have it posted anywhere. It was on the the live feed that Rod was doing on I Facebook. See. I see. Okay. Yeah. Because I was looking that too, and uh, that's really good information. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tom Kelly as well. He's currently waiting for the Aussie Open, from what I read. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tom Kelly's a big tennis fan. Uh, that doesn't start till after the first of the year, yeah. When right. Of course, I, I would know that. Uh, but uh, with here's how I'm looking at this race in terms of pace. So we we all agree that Baraki is de- is a definite lever. This horse this horse can't race any other way. However, I think we could also all agree that this horse is not necessarily the kind that if uh, she gets a loose lead, she's going to necessarily hold on. Uh, especially considering how cheap she is. She won against an all at three, uh, but now she's up against much tougher horses. Uh, so if anything, I feel like Baraki is going to be a pace factor in this race, but is probably going to be more of an underneath horse. And we all... I, I don't agree that when you say she's cheap, I, I don't agree with that. I don't. mean, she's, she's, not, she's not a cheap horse. You know, she... She tries. She's, she's just getting older. She needs she needs her setup. She I mean, needs you know, she's made four hundred twenty thousand. She has forty almost forty wins lifetime. She just needs to get her setup. When she gets her setup, she's plenty good enough to beat this race. I mean, plenty good enough. Well, I, I well with the two out, I can see that a bit more because the two is definitely the big class factor. So is the four kind of, but the four is always way too far out of the mix. Uh, to necessarily get up to win, I also felt the four was more of an underneath horse. Uh, there's not really there's a hard stamina gauge in this race because the Empire Sister, for instance, uh, I see as an underneath horse. I don't really see her as a win as a win horse. She can close, but she can... I can see her winning now with the the if what you say is true and the two and the eight are out. That changes the dynamic, and I think she's way way closer in here, way closer, especially especially with Wa. I mean, if you look four back. She was on the front and lost to Wistie's Paradise. Who would murder this field? Mm-hmm. And murder. That, and that was a really fast pace, too. So, she, I mean, yeah, 25, 55. I, I think with the speeds out, I would look for this horse to be very close. One too early. No question. Definitely could be a bit of a price as well, so worth considering on that end. Wildcat Magic's another one uh, that we were talking about. Uh, dropped down to the Nolans a six level back in late October, and it's kind of remained there since. Uh, I I still think she's going to be more of a mid pack horse getting into contention late, despite the fact that uh, the speed is out. 
could maybe make a move into the mix like she did last out from the rail. Well, see, that last star was the first start in a month. Mm-hmm. So you got to take that into consideration, That's too. true. That's a good start. Yeah, it, it was a good race. Uh, she's two for 29 on a year, but uh, in a race like this, I mean, she fits like a glove in this field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are better really ones back there in November. I mean, much ado. Yeah. Uh, she's a real deal. You know, th- those are legitimate horses. And this horse is always, you know, in those upper levels. I mean, has didn't really make the money this year necessarily, but is always in the mix. I, I think the underneath is probably a better fit for this one. Uh, but, you know, that was a good try first time in a month. I would agree with that for mm-hmm. sure. So looking at this race now uh, with the knowledge you have, Mike, I, do you really – because your ticket that you gave me is uh, centered around the two through six mostly. Yeah, see, the the problem with that is that it just uh, – the ticket that I had before was based on other horses and other speeds being in the race, so I'm not going to limit myself to that. I mean, right. I feel like this, this requires a lot more um, – I would be more interested in the five on the top of the ticket, mm-hmm. um, maybe yeah. some three on the top of the ticket. You know, now it just – it changes everything so much that – you know, I'd have to really look at the race with fresh eyes, I think, to, to really put a ticket together. And that that's exactly what I'm asking, and that's exactly what I wanted to. I wanted to know who are the horses that you're kind of centered around to keep on top, to key on top of this ticket. Five, five for sure. I like five quite a bit now with, with the race the way it is. Um, I think five I, and six both. What's that? I think five and six both. Both what? On top, though, I mean... Hmm. If see, uh, my buddy and I had a way of playing when these high fives first started, and they weren't jackpot high fives; mm-hmm. they were just super high five bets. We had a way of playing these where we would take three horses that we liked and say these three horses are gonna hit the ticket, or we're hoping they're gonna hit the ticket, mm-hmm. and. We would go key each of those three horses, and then we would key a group of three other horses, and then we would key a group of maybe four horses or five horses, whatever so we want. Explain that. Say one, two, three, with and one, then two, box three, it. with four, five, six, with four, five, six kind of thing. Right. Except we're boxing it. So as long as those three horses hit that ticket, and then any any two of the other two groups that we had hit the ticket as well. So if we had, if we keyed one, two and three on our ticket, and then we had four, five, six and four, five, six, seven, eight, as long as the one, two, three were on the ticket and either the four, five, six in one spot, and then either the four, five, six, seven, eight in another spot. So you, so you had three horses that had to hit the ticket. You had a chance for any of the next three ticket, and you had a chance for any of those five to hit the ticket. And we would just box it and hope that it hit. And a lot, we got lucky a lot of times, and you know we hit for several hundred dollars a few times for a ten cent bet. So you know that that's just a way that we used to play in. 
I think it's a decent way. It's a different way to play. Most people are not going to play that way. But if you can find three horses in here, you can go out on a limb and say, you know, I I think these three horses are going to hit the ticket somewhere. I don't care if they're third, fourth, and fifth. As long as they, they finish first through fifth. Well, Rod, relate that then to this race. How would you set up this that ticket style for this race? For this race, I'd probably hone in on the three, hone in on the five, and then I, my personal third horse would be the six. So that then, that ticket then would be like three, five, six for first through third, and then a second pack for fourth and fifth. Yeah. Okay. So I would so. When I punch it into the machine or online, I would say I would play a, a twenty cent high five box, three with four, or three with five with six with, and then I would pick three three more horses, so four, seven, eight, for example. All right. For fourth, and then for fifth, I would say one, four, seven, eight. All right, so okay, I pick up on that now. So it's not necessarily a box. It's You're boxing the top three. He's putting the three, pretty much the three the three horses anywhere in the ticket. So he's yeah, punching uh, four different four different tickets with the one, two, three on top, and then in second, and then in third, and then in fourth. Oh, okay, he's fifth. wheeling it, and that's how he's playing it. That's what he means by that. So y'all. Yeah, yeah, that that's basically it. As long as those three hit the ticket and any of the other two groups of horses hit the ticket, you're then winning. you're going to hit it. Yeah. Well, as for me then, looking at this, uh, I agree with the three. I, I, I'm still on edge with the five. Uh just because I don't necessarily... If it's going to be a slower pace, then I could see the five a bit more. Um... But that last start, that last start's a little wary for me. Uh, dropped out to nine. Yeah, but that was a stone-cold front-end racetrack that night. I mean, and this horse was never getting up there early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a throwout, personally. That race two back was much better. Mm-hmm. And nearly won. And, and the horse that won got a perfect trip that night, too. So, um, and this horse needs a setup, there's no doubt. But I feel like that with the speed out of the race, this horse becomes... I would I would think that this horse is three to one in the race, mm-hmm. and I I know definitely for me uh, I can't I I don't want to put lights go out on top just because of the amount of ground that she's probably going to have to make up. She makes a great underneath horse though, but she's an obvious underneath horse. Uh, mention uh, mentioning for horses that could hit underneath uh, definitely the eleven I think second time out uh, hasn't raced since August last out tried to close ended up finishing fifth. Slightly hanged, but still gained ground to come up in 28 and change. Uh, was racing up against all the 10,000 back during the summer at Mohawk. Uh, comes in here. He's going to trail the one, and I do I do not like this one at all. The one for me seems like a toss. Uh, just because three three back, one against the bottom level, and then uh, two starts at the Nolas, a 6,000 bunch, would, would just flat out not appealing at all. Even though she has the rail now... Uh, that could possibly be an argument to use her. I, I don't. 
think she's going to be up close. I don't think she's going to have much up towards the end. So for me, Kay's Shadow is kind of a toss, but she's also going to take the 11 out to an extent, which makes the 11 more of an underneath horse than necessarily an on top horse. And definitely the 12, too. 12 is worth using underneath as well. What do we do with the 9? Race Starcross. What does this horse do? Um, um, I don't I don't want this one. I mean this this is this is a zero percent trainer uh in a horse that's two for twenty seven, getting a nine hole. It doesn't show me Rob anything Harmon. to make me interested. Coming from the Harmon barn. What does that mean? Coming from one of the hottest barns in North America. They're winning with everything. So basically, they probably just didn't want this horse anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Horses two for twenty-seven. They just junked it. Fair enough. Uh, well, I, I know. I will say about the four real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, the horse that you know, she's lights out one again, one one tonight. So one back again. So and I think that moves the four up just a hair. Uh, I I I just don't know how to use it in terms of the pace. Well, the pace is very difficult to read. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would agree with that for sure. So, if, so if anything, that that's probably a sign that you could probably throw it on top too, just in case. But I, I, I stand firm in thinking Baraki not on top. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the five and the six, as I'm looking over this race over and over again. They're going to be, the six is at least going to be a decent price, and if the six comes in and wins then that can make this pay even more than it's going to pay anyway. Uh, if the five comes in, five's probably going to take a lot of play, though, in the event these Colin horses scratch, uh, which we are assuming is probably going to happen. Um, so that, that that's my thoughts. Mike is centered around uh, the... Th you were centered around the three... No, Rod's centered around the three, five, and six. Mike, you were really adamant towards the five, the Empire's mm -hmm. sister, as well as the three, Baraki. Yeah, three, four, five is, is the horses I like. I think they have the best chance to win, the best chance to be on the front end of that ticket. And we will have tickets on display tomorrow evening when the high five is getting ready to go because we need some time to kind of re-evaluate the ones that we had using Wanda Bayama and Twice an Angel who will be scratched out of competition. All that said, all that done, part one is now in the books of a... New era of North American Harness Update. Getting ready to go into another new era with the fifth season premiering in two weeks. Season finale is next week, part two. Uh, I am, at least now, I definitely feel I am Ray Catalo, joined by Mike Prebose and Rod Elms Jr. Uh, for, yeah. fa for a fantastic show. Uh, next week is the season finale. So st tune in for that and all the fun that comes along with that. Uh, we hope to see you next week. And we hope uh, to see you uh, January 19th. Jan I was just about to say January 19th at the Meadows. Uh, post time, 5.30 p.m. for their Night of Champions. And always, of course, check out nohupicks.com for more racing analysis from tracks like Western Fair, Woodbine, and the Meadowlands. Like those tracks? How about those tracks? Those are the tracks we have. Uh, Rod and Mike update that every race day uh, with their analysis and their contenders. All that said, all that done, please join us for one more time next week.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.